Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Peter Sutherland, and let me start by welcoming you to this meeting, which is the 98th annual general meeting of BP. Seated on stage with me in the front row on my left are John Brown, Group Chief Executive, Tony Hayward, our CEO designate, Byron Groth, the Chief Financial Officer, and Deanne Julius, who's Chairman of the Remuneration Committee. To my right, in the front row, are David Jackson, our company secretary, Ian Prosser, deputy chairman and senior independent director. Ian is also chairman of the audit committee, and Walter Massey, who is chairman of the Safety, Ethics and Environment Assurance Committee. I'm pleased to say that John Bryan has now been able to join us, and the names of all the other board members are shown in your welcome folder. All the current members of the board are on stage with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, what are my reflections on the year that has just passed? In my experience, it's been one of the most varied and probably turbulent in BP's long history. We've seen a record oil price and strong financial results. We've seen the group face and continue to face a series of regulatory issues in the United States, a perfect storm, if you like, but mostly of our own making. But we're also seeing the end of a remarkable era as John Brown, our chief executive, is now to retire in July of this year. He's been an outstanding CEO, and I will talk more about him later. Let me say at the outset that BP is a great company. It, thank you. It has a great portfolio of assets and excellent people. We have a sound strategy. We're confident about the future. Your board has determined that each one of the companies, some 100,000 employees, spread around the globe, aspire to the same high ideals and values, and be proud of their company. This is not about perception. It's about reality. For BP people, the right thing to do is the right thing. For many years, BP has been a greatly admired group, reflecting its strategic vision, its determined execution, and its high aspirations in areas such as safety, environment, and the community as a whole. I'm proud to be chairman of that company. Before I came here today, and going off script for a moment, I just checked on a couple of statistics that are probably worth bearing in mind when we think about this company and what it's achieved. The market capitalization of this company in 1992 was £10 billion. The market capitalization of the company today is £108 billion. In 1992, the debt of this company was £7.5 billion. Today, it is £11 billion. The share price was 92p. Today, converted to sterling, it is £5.59. That is testimony to an absolutely remarkable performance by this company. 
over that period of time. So when we look at the vagaries of current events and the issues which we face and our regret for those issues, we should bear that in mind. This company has been tra transformed like no other over a period between 1990 and today. So when we say that we set ourselves high standards in the way in which we interact with the communities in which we operate, we mean it. And since the Texas City incident over two years ago now, we have, in some of the areas of our business, failed to live up to those standards. And if I didn't say that, I would be failing to live up to them myself now. It's therefore vital that we as a board reinforce the values of the company and set the appropriate tone from the top. This is an important role that we play. Your board, this board, is very conscious of that unique role because it discharges it on behalf of you, our shareholders. The governance and leadership for which the board is responsible is key in setting and maintaining the values to which I have referred. So as the company faces more and varied challenges, we as a board must up our own game. Reflecting on the recent past, it is clear that the governance of a company of the scale and scope of BP represents a major challenge. I've, indeed, I've been asked by some shareholders whether the group has now reached a size where it is simply too big to be governed effectively. There's no harm in reminding ourselves in the context of the statistics that I already mentioned that for much of the last five years we have been the largest company in the world outside the United States in terms of market capitalization. And when you compare that with where we were in 1990 to 92, this has been a transformation which I repeat has been absolutely, uh, absolutely commendable in terms of the performance of the company. My answer to the question which I just posed about whether the group has reached a size which is too big to be governed effectively is emphatically in the negative. Clarity over the role that the board plays and the tasks it has to discharge is key to the work of the board. In recent times, the role of the board has been described as either strategic or monitoring. This was an issue upon which I commented last year. How does a board ensure that it is able to monitor the risks which the company faces while at the same time reinforcing its entrepreneurial leadership to grow the organization? in order to create greater value for you, the shareholders. These are questions which we as a board address meeting after meeting. It's clear to me, though, that this board has the strength and the skills and the independence to be able to discharge the tasks that have been required by it, just as it has discharged those tasks during much of the period of expansion of this company uh, during the course of the last 10 or 15 years. However, we do have to learn as we go along. We don't have perfect solutions nor perfect answers to all the issues that we face. It's for that reason that we, with the executive management, agreed that we would implement the recommendations of the Baker panel uh, report into, in the, into the context of the tragedy which occurred in, at Texas City. 
Let me remind you that the Baker panel, which was chaired by James Baker, was commissioned by the company on the recommendation of the U.S. authorities to examine the culture of safety at our U.S. facilities. If the Baker panel had a criticism of the board, it was that it had failed not to meet normal standards, but that it failed to excel in the way that the panel believed it should as an industry leader. The Baker panel also believed that it would help the board if the board appointed a separate expert to advise it on the way in which the company implemented the Baker panel recommendations. The Baker panel clearly saw that the company had potential to be an industry leader around the issues of safety process and to aid the company and the board in that task, we accepted the recommendation of expert help. And I should say that in terms of injury to people and fatalities, we are an industry leader. And the figures clearly establish that to be the case today. It's for this reason, therefore, that I'm particularly pleased to be able to report that we're making good progress in identifying a person to take this role of monitoring how we are doing. And we're currently finalizing the details and expect to make an announcement in May. As a board, we continue to evaluate performance and the way we operate. We want to ensure that we receive the right information so that we discharge our monitoring duties and that the executive team has got the right system of internal control so that it too is picking up the right signals. The challenge is to ensure that the board discharges both, its function, both of its functions. It would be all too easy for a board to require the company to turn in on itself to become ultra-cautious and risk-adverse. That's not our role either, and it's not the nature of BP. With the price of oil remaining higher than people would have expected three or four years ago, there are new and different challenges to this organization. We've done well to establish our position across the world in seven major areas. Issues in the United States have made us focus on our dealings at both federal and state level in that continent. But we have also made a major investment in Russia through our acquisition of half of TNKBP four years ago. And this is a major strategic investment on our behalf as we as a board need to understand the implications of the system within Moscow. Real opportunities for growth are rarer than they used to be and thus the board needs to be in a position to back executive initiatives which will, which will it is believed, really carry the company forward in the next 10 to 15 years. Clearly, we must ensure that the issues that have occurred in the United States are dealt with in a responsible and timely fashion. We must learn what we must need to learn. But we must also make sure that we're available to spot the opportunities to take this company forward wherever in the world they may arise. Just as the world continues to evolve, however, so does the board. John Bryan retires from the board today. John sat on the Audit and Remuneration Committees, where his background and immense experience has been a source of wisdom and insight, as it has on the board as a whole. I would like to thank him on your behalf for his dedicated service. On a personal note, I would wish to acknowledge his contribution and to thank him for his unswerving support over the years. We will miss him and wish him and his wife Neville well in the future.
Two directors have been appointed since we met last year, Sir, Sir William Castell and Andy Inglis. Bill joined the board in July last year. He has substantial experience in the worlds of business and science, having been chief executive of Amersham Interna International for 14 years. He was subsequently president and chief executive officer at GE Healthcare and remains on the GE board as a non-executive director. He's present, presently chairman of the Wellcome Trust. He sits on both the Audit and Safety, Ethics and Environment Assurance Committee. Andy joined the board in February. He is now managing director of the exploration and production segment. He joined BP in 1980 and following a series of commercial roles in BP exploration, he became chief of staff for exploration and production and was subsequently responsible for BP's activities in the deep water Gulf of Mexico. In 1999, following the BP Amoco merger, Andy was appointed vice president, U.S. Western Gas Business Unit, a position which he held until 2004, when he was appointed deputy chief executive of exploration and production. He joined the board in February to allow Tony Hayward to focus on the handover of the role of chief executive by John Brown. Tony Hayward will become CEO on the 1st of August. The board went through as thorough a process as I think anyone had experienced in determining John's successor as CEO. All the candidates who were excellent were tested and compared in a most rigorous manner. It was the unanimous conclusion of the board that Tony Hayward should become the new CEO. Tony, of course, has been a director since 2003 and has been responsible for exploration and production since that time. He joined as a young graduate in 1982 and has had an exceptional career. This has principally been, but not exclusively, in the upstream business. He was also treasurer for a period. I know that you will all join the board in wishing Tony well in his new role. While she will not be leaving the company until the July, this is John Brown's last appearance before you at an AGM. I would like to say a little bit about John. He's had an exemplary career at BP, spanning over 40 years, the last 12 as chief executive. Earlier this year, when his decision to stand aside was announced, I said that John was the greatest businessman, British businessman of his generation and that he had significantly transformed BP into one of the largest energy groups in the world. It's very difficult for me to say more, and I certainly wouldn't wish to say less. BP is a great company, as I've said earlier in this discourse. It was in many respects as a result of John's strategic vision that the company is what it is today. It's he who led the consolidation of the industry nearly 10 years ago, ably supported by the executive directors who are on the board today and some who have already left the company. But this was and is a massive achievement. I know that I speak for the board and indeed board members past and present when I pay tribute to John's intellect, leadership and skills. On a personal note, I've enjoyed working with John. As in any relationship, we have had our occasional ups and downs, 
but we've worked together for nearly as long as he has been CEO. And for me, it has been an invigorating and a rewarding experience. I believe I speak for the board and indeed all shareholders and employees when I say a heartfelt thank you, John, for all you've done for this company and to wish you well in the future.